With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. I mean, the evidence is with us every single time we start this show on a Sunday at 5 Pacific and 8 Eastern because every single time we get together, the NFL world is different. Every single Sunday brings us brand new storylines and different situations for teams that we didn't see coming. Mark Willard, Kyle Rudolph. Kyle, do you consider yourself a planner? Like if someone said, are you a planner, would you say yes or no? I would say yes. I'm definitely a planner. Okay. Well, then then we should talk about this because I don't even know why people plan ahead in, in the NFL because everything changes Lickety split in the snap of a finger. And what a great person to talk to tonight as we see the entire world change before our eyes for the entire Minnesota Vikings organization. They sit here uh, on this particular Sunday night uh, looking at the future of their quarterback position, looking at the future of their wide receiver uh, who is hurt, and there will be questions now about whether he should or will come back when he's ready to go. They've got another young wide receiver who has every look of the ability to be a number one in, in the NFL, and now how is this all going to look going forward? So with a torn Achilles, and I don't know if it's been confirmed, but let's be honest, we all know it, uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles, and everything is different for the Minnesota Vikings organization. So first, just kind of like I, take us through your emotions and your thoughts as you saw this unfold today. Well, I mean, I think you see it in the Vikings locker room after the game. Uh, this is a team that just won a game on the road against a division rival I get it. The division's not very good. Green Bay is not very good. But it's still, you look at their last two NFC North games, they won at Chicago, a place that historically, you know, my 10 years there, the records go out the window when you play on the road in the NFC North. You know, whether we were really good and Chicago was really bad or vice versa, we always played close. So they go to Chicago, they get a win. They play... You know, arguably the best team in the NFC at the time in the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night. Another huge win. Then they win their third in a row 
on the road in the division at Lambeau. And I, I saw some footage of the locker room after the game and Kevin O'Connell, who I love and I think is a phenomenal football coach. And, and personally, uh, aside from Kirk Cousins, probably the person I feel the worst for right now because yep. that locker room was just – I mean, it was done. Um, you know, I, I've been in that locker room where we've won at Lambeau and that locker room that I saw on the Viking social media was not one of, Hey, we've won three in a row. If the season ended right now, we are in the playoffs as the seven seed. It was a locker room of, we just lost our quarterback. What are we going to do now? Exactly, and that that's why um, I, I look at the NFL world and, and it, it makes me laugh every year when people start talking about the Super Bowl in, in October, who's the favorite here, what's going to happen there. We're all guilty of it because it's impossible to sort of avoid, like avoid the way our brains work when we see something. You know, you mentioned the 49ers. We'll get to them in a little bit. Um, you know, three weeks ago, people were, were like, man, is it crazy to think about like an undefeated season? They haven't won a game since then. Everything changes on an absolute dime, but there's nothing in the NFL that is a bigger change than when the quarterback goes down. Um, I, I think of some of the famous moments throughout history. I mean, not just the NFC title game last year for that Niners organization, but think about Keyshawn Johnson pounding on a, a table when his quarterback went out. Think about Terrell Owens and his press conference. I, sure, people don't look at the Vikings as a Super Bowl contender, so maybe it doesn't feel that way across the country, but I know it feels that way there. Uh, three in a row, get back to four and four. Um, but questions even beyond this year, all of it now suddenly feels scrapped. Kyle, has Kirk Cousins played his last down for the Minnesota Vikings? I don't think so. Uh, personally, you know, I look ahead at what this means not only for Kirk but for the organization. Uh, I think Kirk wants to remain in Minnesota um, and, and maybe this is what it takes for the team. You know, we ultimately said, how, how does the Minnesota Vikings keep Kirk Cousins and also keep Justin Jefferson? Because the numbers don't work out. And the right. numbers were not going to work out because Kirk was playing some of the best football of any quarterback in the NFL. And you were going to have to pay him north of $50 million. You might not have to do that anymore. This might be an opportunity for the Minnesota Vikings organization to now be like, Kirk, look, you're 34 years old. Um, you know, we want to keep you here for a couple years. We understand, you know, rehab, all that kind of stuff. We're going to take care of you. Here's another two years, whatever they decide that the contract is. They get to keep Kirk at a lower cap number. I'm not saying he's going to go play there for free, uh, play there for a minimum deal, but it's not going to be that astronomical number that it would have been had he played all 17 games this year, put up the numbers that he was on pace to put up. And on the flip side, when you look at the what this means for the Vikings team and the rest of the season, I remember the conversations we had week one after Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and it was, okay, what yep. do the Jets do now? You know, it's – very ironic that we're now talking about Kirk Cousins <laughs> and his Achilles. Um, but the, the point was that Jets team 
was a roster that was built to win a Super Bowl without Aaron Rodgers. Like the talent around Aaron was Super Bowl caliber, and he was the piece that was supposed to get them over the top. When I look at the Minnesota Vikings, I don't see the same thing. I, I don't see a roster that was built and ready to win a Super Bowl excluding the quarterback. So I feel like the reason why they are 4-4 four and four and had won three in a row was in large part of the quarterback. So, um, you know, to me, I see it as a team who, who knows, you know, the, 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 the season plays out the rest of the way. Maybe you kind of those that you get your cake and you can eat it too. You can keep yep. Kirk for a couple of years. You might be up there towards the top of the draft. You can get one of these young quarterbacks who can come in, sit behind Kirk for a year or two, and see what happens for the the long term trajectory of your organization. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Mark Willard, Kyle Rudolph here with you on Fox Sports Radio. I, I tell you what, obviously the first thing you do is, is you find out exactly who it was and what they did to work on Aaron Rodgers and you go to the exact same person because that's the other thing. I mean, with Aaron taking about four to six weeks to be up and around and walking and throwing a football because I know what this used to mean. It wasn't that long ago, Kyle, that if you tore your Achilles at age 35 as a professional athlete, night-night. You're not playing sports anymore after 35 when you tear your Achilles. Here's Aaron Rodgers threatening to come back this year because that's the other thing. You talk about maybe a better deal for the Vikings next year. Um, you know, I, is Kirk Cousins even ready by week one next year? Yeah, I, mean, I definitely think Kirk rehabs and he will be 100% healthy come week one next year. You know, quite honestly, I think he'd even be able to take some snaps in the offseason. You know, he'd be a guy, especially yeah. at the quarterback position. You know, he'll be out there in OTAs and minicamp and can do all the things that he can do. Um, but, you know, I, I remember talking about this. I think it was maybe two or three weeks after Aaron's initial Achilles, and it was, oh, well, people are talking about he's coming back for the playoffs. And I was like, is that possible? Like, how could that – it's less than four months away. And, and I remember saying, like, th there's, there's types of human beings that you just don't bet against. Um, I remember during my time in Minnesota, Adrian Peterson was one of those guys. Adrian tore his ACL at the end of the 2011 season, actually on Christmas. So the second to last game of the season, he tears his ACL. And there was a lot of questions throughout the entire offseason. You know, will Adrian be back for opening game, the late ACL? It's only less than nine months before the regular season kicks off. And it was like two and a half, three months. You know, we were just back late March, early April for OTAs. And there's Adrian basically running full speed during conditioning drills on the side of our organized drills. And I was like, yep, those are those guys. You just don't bet against them because as soon as you tell them, as soon as you tell Aaron Rodgers, you can't do it, he will find a way to do it. And, you know, I'd love to talk about the Jets too because you look at that team. Absolutely. I think it's just a team that everybody, including myself, wrote off 
when Aaron got hurt week one. You know, we just – we talked about who do they trade for, what's their best option, okay? They're, they're riding it out with the guy they believe in and Zach Wilson. They think he gives them the best chance to kind of be the placeholder to possibly get Aaron back. And now they're a team at four and three. Uh, I saw a, a tweet from Kyle Brandt over at NFL Network today saying, you know, this team can get to – nine and eight, eight, nine around Christmas. And all of a sudden Aaron comes walking back in the door and is ready to go. I'm not betting against that football team. No way. Not with the talent that they have around him. Yeah. Questions about whether or not they can actually get to that because you know, how many games are there on the schedule where you're going to be able to uh, grind it out with 13 points, win a football game. They've had two weeks in a row where they've had crazy stuff happen in the last two minutes of a football game in order to win. That doesn't take anything away from them. But you're right. Maybe the uh, AFC also isn't as top-heavy as we thought. There are as many good teams as we thought, but I don't know if those teams are as dominant as we thought. The Bills have warts. The Chiefs showed some today as well. So can the Jets hang around in this conversation? Totally fair uh, question that you ask, and, and we will get to that tonight. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. With all that said, before we leave the Vikings, Kyle, we have to answer this question, and both of us will do it next. If you were Justin Jefferson... What are you thinking and planning tonight? That's coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, with Kyle Rudolph, it's Mark Willard live, Tyrag.com Studios. A reminder, at the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms, check it out for yourself. 
discover.com slash match. All right, Kyle, if you're Justin Jefferson, what are you thinking tonight? Um, I'm, I'm thinking that my agents should send over the most recent contract proposal is what I'm thinking. Uh, uh-huh. there's just, if you're Justin Jefferson, there's no way you can step foot on that field without, without the deal that you deserve. Um, you know, we've talked about Justin at length and he's a guy that's done everything the right way since he's gotten into the league in 2020. Uh, I remember I played one year with Justin in Minnesota and, you know, from the start of training camp, because we did not have an in-person off season that year, you could tell he was a guy that was just different. He was special. Uh, his natural ability combined with his work ethic is the reason why, He's gone on to break every single record imaginable at the receiver position through his first four seasons. And, you know, whatever the injury, the severity of his hamstring injury, it's you're not stepping foot back onto that field until you have the contract that you deserve, in my opinion. Um, I am in total agreement with you. This is the moment where things turn because it already – it was already a thing. We heard it uh, the second that uh, the Just- Justin Jefferson had an injury. You can read between the lines and see tweets from Adam Schefter about how Jefferson would be somewhat hesitant to come back out on the field if the Vikings were, say, 1-7. Now, obviously, they're 4-4. Four and four. That's gone the way that you would want in terms of the Vikings still being in contention. That makes this that much more complicated. But by the same token, this guy has shown that he is at minimum, you could count him on one hand in terms of the top receivers in the game. Many would say that he is number one. And and based on the start to his career, he's absolutely shown that. Um, And so now you're going to take not just injury risk into play, but let's be honest, Kyle, those numbers are about to go down because Jaron Hall or somebody else is quarterbacking this team the rest of the way, and there's flat out no way that Justin Jefferson's numbers won't be affected, and that's an unfair narrative to build head, heading into contract negotiations. Yeah, and I, mean, I just think about the chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver. Uh Kirk is the only guy he's ever played with in the NFL. You know, that they have elite chemistry. Uh, there's a reason why Justin's targeted as much as he's targeted. Uh, you know, Kirk knows where he's going to be. Justin knows where to get to get the football. And you're going to tell me that as the best receiver in football, you're going to come back from injury on a team that – doesn't have your starting quarterback anymore. Yes, your record is 4-4, four and four, and as I mentioned, you're still in the seventh spot in the NFC playoff picture. If it ended right now, you're the last wild card team in. But ultimately, you got to come play you know, with a backup quarterback. I know they get Nick Mullins back off of IR next week, and you know, after the game, Brian O'Connell didn't really – or sorry, excuse me, Kevin O'Connell didn't really make a – Decision on who's the long-term answer. Um, Certainly, there's been a lot of other names thrown around. They've worked out some quarterbacks throughout the course of the season. But, again, it goes back to – we talked about this when we talked about the New York Jets week one. 
you don't bring a guy in off the street and just ultimately pick up the offense where you left off, especially at the level Kirk was playing prior to his injury. So, again, I, I go back to my statement. If you're Justin Jefferson, there's there's no way you're stepping foot back on that field until you have the long-term security that you deserve. Okay, so we're in agreement on that, but how does that look? Because the whole thing's been tabled, So uh, at least to our knowledge. Maybe it hasn't been. But are, are, are you saying that now, um, yes, the agent picks up the phone and, and the Vikings take the call? And, and are they willing to suddenly re-engage on this conversation knowing that Justin's not coming back out on the field unless he's got a new deal? Like, what, what, what's the Vikings' willingness to do that in the middle of the season? I mean, I think the Vikings' willingness to do it has to be whenever they want. I think that oftentimes when – when you hear the narrative that contract negotiations have been tabled or, you know, like a uh, guy says, if, if the de- I have this hard deadline, if the deal's not done by Saturday night of week one, like I'm not negotiating in season. I get it. We've all been in there. Hey, I want to focus on football and football only. I don't want this contract negotiation hanging over my head. I promise you if the Vikings reach out, to Justin or vice versa, Justin reaches out to the Vikings, they will find a way to untable those conversations and start having them again. So, um, you know, again, I think it's just something that both sides need to figure it out. Um, Certainly, I think everyone knows what it will take from the Vikings side. Everyone knows what Justin deserves, what he's earned over the last four years. Um, You know, and I I certainly believe if, if you're trying to, figure out find a way to keep Kirk now now they they have to realize like after this season Kirk is an unrestricted free agent if you want him to be your guy now you are negotiating off other teams so I certainly would like to think if you want to try to convince Kirk hey stay in Minnesota for a few more years having Justin Jefferson locked up for a few more years would be a great starting point I just tell you, it's so fascinating to me because we're looking at a team that I I felt I I felt at the start of the year and I really felt it when they were one and four. I'm like, this is transition time, and and this is going to all look different. Sure, they'd still love to build around Justin Jefferson, but th- like a three game win streak, an injury to Kirk, as you've suggested, maybe it brings the price tag down a little bit. And all of a sudden, are you looking at everything differently? Like, wait a minute. Even the way Jordan Addison looks, he looks fantastic. And, and, and so now, if I'm the Vikings, I've got dreams of, like, the best young receiving core in the game. Yeah, Justin needs to get paid. Maybe Kirk's on a short-term deal that's not $50 million a year. And now you've got Addison on a rookie contract, and he's going to get old fast. I mean, in an experience sort of a way. Mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden, are you thinking, man, can we tweak this defense a little bit and and still be a factor in this conference within the next two years? Well, I mean, again, we, we, we've talked about this at length. It's a, it's a division that's very winnable. Um, you know, Detroit – is is a team that certainly has looked the best in the NFC North. They've played the most consistent from week one through week eight. And it's, you know, yet here, here are the Vikings just two games back 
right now, I believe, at four and four. When again, everybody kind of wrote him off at at one and four, and you know, I remember talking about it after week two about why the Vikings will not trade Kirk Cousins and why they would not have the conversations that I suggested they should have. And then at one and four, it was okay. Well, do you do it now? And you know, I just kept always coming back to. I know a lot of men in that building. I know the makeup of the people and the leaders in that building. And there was always just too much pride. And, you know, I've been in that building when we sat at one and five and we were heading to Lambeau coming out of the bye against the five and one Green Bay Packers led by Aaron Rodgers. And yet, there wasn't a doubt in anyone's mind that we still had a chance. Like, hey, we'll go to Green Bay, we'll get a win, and then, you know, coming out of this bye, we're going to go on a run. And, you know, we did just that. Like, we got back to – we ultimately were 6-6 six and six after the next month and a half of football, and it was like, all right, here we go. You know, we're 6-6. Six and six. We got a chance in December now to, to go win out and get in. So – I just I know the way they approach things there. I know the mentality of the guys in that building. And that's why I said you could see it, you could hear it in that locker room post game where ultimately you just won your third straight. You did exactly what you said you had to do. Get back to 4 and 4. And yet after a big win on a on a division rivals turf, it was a somber dead locker room. Totally, totally. And by the way, let's not forget, there is a veteran backup on the roster. He's just on IR right now in, uh, in Nick Mullins. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but IR does not mean what it used to mean. And, uh, and Nick will be eligible to come off here pretty soon. And look, I- I'm not saying he's going to take the Vikings somewhere, but we've watched him function in, in the NFL, have some interesting moments with the 49ers and, and beyond. And, uh, you know, like he's, he, he is somebody who can go win a few football games here and there. So I, I, I don't know how that sort of uh, percolates in your brain. And he's probably the guy who I would bet is going to start the majority of the games the rest of the way. Uh, I would assume the same thing. I think he's got one more week before he's eligible to, to return and play in the games. And, um, you know, he, he's a guy who – He's there for a reason. Um, you know, they brought him over to be the backup quarterback, um, knowing that if he had to go in the game, it's a guy that can go out there and, and win games for you. So, um, you know, certainly the guy that gives them the best chance to win, having been there for last year and this year, knows KOC's offense as well as anybody. And, you know, I just, again, I think that's the type of person that gives you the best chance. Uh, you know, certainly there may be options at the trade deadline that you can explore, but it's like, you know, how much are you willing at this point to to give away to try to bring someone in and save right. a season that, you know, what are you saving here? Um, you know, we talked about this back uh, when we talked about the Kirk Cousins trade was, you know, do you ultimately just cut bait knowing that you're probably going to go eight and eight, seven and nine, nine and seven, and have an early exit from the playoffs. What is the goal here? The goal is to win a championship. Do you feel like this roster can win you a championship? And now, as you mentioned with young receiving core, um, the defense is improved under Brian Flores. They have got to find a way to run the football. Um, I think if you would 
have a just an average run game with the offensive skill players they have in the receiver room. It's an offense that would be extremely tough to defend. So, you know, certainly it gives you the pieces moving forward that you talked about. Uh, but are you really willing to, to trade away some draft picks and things like that that you, you're really going to need those? You need as many as you possibly can get right now. If you're going to go pay these guys uh, these extremely high salaries, you've got to hit on draft picks, and you've got to have a lot of young players playing. No doubt about it. All right, we'll get to that Jets conversation here in just a minute, but right now let's get to Kevin Wired uh, with all of the latest in what is trending. Hey, Kevin. Yeah, full – well, Largely full slate of NFL action today, Sunday night football, Bears and Chargers just getting underway in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. No score. They got about nine minutes to go in the first quarter. Tyson Bajan already, though, with 41 passing yards. Some scores from the late slate of games. Bengals over the 49ers, 31-17. Brock Purdy, 365 yards, but he was picked off twice. Joe Burrow. Looking like he never really had a calf injury. Three passing touchdowns as the Bengals now, for the first time this season, get above 500 at 4-3. and three. Ravens beat the Cardinals 31-24. Gus Edwards had three rushing touchdowns on the afternoon. The big upset, though, of the day in the AFC West. The Broncos' defense really stepping up to make life difficult for Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes in the gun, four-man pr- pressure. Mahomes sets up and throws, and the ball's going to be intercepted. Intercepted and up and running. Second turnover by the Broncos. That's picked off by Jaquan McMillan. KOA Denver there with the call. The Broncos hold the Chiefs to just nine points as they win it 24-9. That was one of two interceptions thrown by Patrick Mahomes on the afternoon. Seahawks hold off the Browns 24-20. Geno Smith a couple of touchdown passes. In the early slate of games, the Panthers get their first win of the season 15-13 over the Houston Texans. Eagles come back against the Commanders 38-31. Jaguars over the Steelers 2010. And what was probably the ugliest game of the season at the Meadowlands. The Jets with just one second to go able to spike the ball. That was after Graham Cano actually missed a field goal. They drove down the field. Got to, infi- got to field goal range and were able to spike it with one second left to force overtime. They got the field goal good to force overtime. They eventually do win it 13-10. to Dolphins beat the Patriots 31-17. Tua Tagovailoa had three touchdowns and 324 passing yards. Jalen Waddle, 121 receiving yards and a touchdown. Saints over the Colts 38-27. Titans beat the Falcons 28-23. Vikings over the Packers 24-10. Kirk Cousins, though, having to leave the game. The team fears that he could be out for the season with a torn Achilles. And the Cowboys demolished the Rams 43-20, to although that game wasn't even that close. It was 33-3 to at one point. Dak Prescott, four touchdowns. The Cowboys defense, a pick six, and their special teams got themselves a blocked punt. So uh, all around good day for the Dallas Cowboys. Back to you guys. All right, Kevin, thank you. We can also update you that Austin Eckler just had a... 39-yard touchdown catch from Justin Herbert uh, on the opening drive for the Chargers. And so with the extra point pending, the Chargers on the board first. Six to nothing. Mark Willard, Kyle Rudolph, live. TireRack.com studios. We are in the final stretch to get tickets to horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The world's best are headed to Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup World Championships, November 3rd and 4th. The countdown begins now. Get tickets today 
at breederscup.com. I should have mentioned this, actually, Kyle, how excited I am that you and I get to actually watch Brandon Staley coach live as we discuss it. I'm expecting fireworks. I can't wait for him to go for it on fifth down every time it happens. This should be a fun ride tonight. Say, so, yeah, unfortunately, we'll be off air the last four minutes of the game, so we won't be able to right. see how he handles that <laughs> down the stretch. But uh, no, certainly it'll be it'll be a good one. Obviously, you got two teams here that are, you know, I feel like we've talked about that Minnesota Vikings. You know, their back was up against the wall, and they go on a run. You, know, you got two teams here that both have two wins, and um, if if they want to get back out into the playoff picture in the AFC and the NFC, certainly it starts with a win tonight. So. Uh, it, it'll be a fun one to watch. Um, I'm sitting here looking at the uh, at the standings in the NFL, and you had mentioned the Jets. What an interesting situation they're in. They're now four and three. They've scored 126 points this year in uh, in seven football games. The only teams uh, that have fewer points than that there are a handful of them: the Patriots, the Raiders, the New York Giants. And uh, I think that's it. That's it. So basically it's teams that have all been discussing quarterback ineptitude, coaching changes, angry fan bases. That's who the New York Jets have been as an offense. So as we play a game of believe or don't believe in Zach Wilson, where are we at? Because yes, four and three, but I also did, I watched a healthy portion of that game today, and while he has the arm ability to make some big-time throws like he did at the end, his field presence still, to me, looks unbelievably bad. He doesn't see pass rushers who are literally coming uh, on, on his sight side. I mean, Thibodeau was right in his face, and he just sat there and 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 moved around until he could take a sack. It just, it's it's... He, he's a flawed player, and I think that that's, that's not breaking news. But I just wonder, when you look at 4-3, and three, are we talking about fool's gold right now for the New York Jets? Well, I think when you really dive into it, and you, know, I, I, you can certainly look at the 13-10 score and the sheer lack of offense on, on both sides of the ball, but, you know, if you watch that game live at all, it was just disgusting. It's pouring down rain the entire time. It's sloppy. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll give these guys the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, you look at back at some of the other games, and he scored 20 points against Philly, 31, 23. Um, you know, it's, it's – he scored 20 points against the Chiefs with that close Sunday night football loss. So I do believe that – over the next seven or eight weeks, which that kind of takes you to almost Christmas or through Christmas, which is where we all believe that Santa will bring Aaron Rodgers and the Jets' best Christmas present of all time, bringing him back around that time period. Five of those eight games are against teams that are either 500 or worse right now with – the Chargers having two wins, the Raiders having three wins, the Commanders having three wins, the Texans having three wins, and the best team record-wise that they face um, out of those 500 or worse teams are the Atlanta Falcons. So I personally believe that the Jets can win those games 
just based on the rest of the talent and the defense that they have, just like they've done yep. to get to four and three. Um, so you, you look at it, it's like, okay, the first seven weeks they're four and three. Can they be four and three the next seven weeks? And it's like, I absolutely can find four wins in there that they can win almost in spite of Zach Wilson, just pure talent on the defensive side of the ball. So I think it could get really interesting if you're looking at a – Eight and six, nine and seven team around Christmas time, and you have Aaron Rodgers walking through the door, and they're in that six seven spot in the AFC wild card. No doubt about it. And uh, but they, you're right, they will stay in games. Um, that defense is not going to let anybody run away. And as the weather continues to build into November and December. Uh, it's a team that is going to have opportunities to win games. All right, Mark Willard, Kyle Rudolph, how about the contender nobody's talking about? No one. And we'll get to that coming up next. And then, what's wrong with the 49ers? We'll do that at the top of the hour as well. Mark Willard, Kyle Rudolph, this is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Well, I'll tell you this, Kyle. I'm hearing a lot of it. Well, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. On any given week, and that's true. That's true. It's also the kind of thing that you say when when your favorite team is a really good team and they're a favorite and they come out and lay an egg. 
Niners have done it a few weeks in a row. Kansas City Chiefs did it today, never found the end zone. We'll talk about all of that and those teams for sure. But if that's the case, if it's an any given Sunday type of a conversation and a narrative, well, then what about when it goes the other way? You can't blow off a winning streak. I don't care who you were playing. And actually, if you dive deep into who this team has been playing, it hasn't even been Cupcake City. It's Buffalo, and it's road games in the Dome in New Orleans and on the road at Pittsburgh where Mike Tomlin always seems to find a way. Talk to me about the five-game win streak of the Jacksonville Jaguars And, Kyle, try to convince me that this team is not a real contender because I think they are. No, I I agree with you that they are, especially you look at the the top of the AFC right now, and we have four teams tied at 6-2, and and, and they're one of those four. And, you know, the first four games of that five-game win streak was over the course of 19 days. Um, you know, they, they play Atlanta in London, then they play Buffalo in London, then they come home and play Indy, and then in a short week go to the Dome in New Orleans, and uh, it's all impressive wins, uh, but quite honestly, I, it's hard to pick one that impresses me the most, but today might have been it. Uh, we had talked about the sloppy conditions in the in New York with the Jets and the Giants. And if you watched any of the Steelers-Jags game today, it was very similar weather in Pittsburgh on the natural grass. Um, You know, that's a game that the Steelers historically always, like you said, find a way to win. So for this Jacksonville team, you know, a team that, a lot of times, you know, we, we've said it about Miami. Well, can they win tough games when the weather's not perfect? And, you know, it's a, they're a Florida team, so therefore they're, they're soft and they can't play in, on the road in tough weather conditions. You know, I'm not saying that this Pittsburgh team are world beaters atop the AFC, but it is a really, really tough place to play, especially in the weather conditions that they played in today. And, you know, here they are just – taking it one week at a time, going out, beating the team that's across from them. And, you know, I know we'll segue to your Niners here at some point and, you know, maybe no better time than right now because that's who they welcome to Jacksonville next week. Yeah, well, actually, that's after the bye now. The Niners have a bye, and then their next game will be at Jacksonville. And and so it's not a great opponent for uh, for the San Francisco 49ers because they're playing great, and the Niners need a cupcake, man. They, they need something to get themselves right. There's a lot of meat on that bone, so we'll talk about it in a sec. But I, I, I do wonder this. My, my one question with the Jags, because their defense has been underrated and solid, I think Travis Etienne has reached a point where he is one of the top bell cow backs in football where there aren't a lot of them, and he does not get discussed a lot. 79 on the ground, 70 through the air, uh, a touchdown, and, uh, and so a beautiful game from him. I'm very impressed with what he brings to the table. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is ready, but he is still prone to the – Head-scratching red zone interception. He threw one today. And so 
I, I, look, we watched him come from behind in the playoffs last year, and he certainly didn't embarrass himself in Kansas City when they got knocked out. But to me, that, that's kind of the last question that needs to be answered with this team is, is Trevor ready to go like playoff toe-to-toe with Patrick or Josh and, and outduel them? Well, when I look at this Jacksonville Jaguars team as a whole, um, I, I I think Trevor is ready to take that next step, but I think he's ready to outduel a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow because of the guys that are around him and because of the way that Jacksonville has built this team. Um, you know, when I look at Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, if they go play Kansas City, they have to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs by themselves. Um, when I look at Trevor Lawrence and this Jaguars team, he doesn't have to. Uh, you mentioned yeah. ETN in the backfield. Um, he's got weapons in the receiver room, the tight end room. Uh, they have a good defense with a good pass rush and one of the best as rushers in football and the other Josh Allen. So it's, it's a team that I feel like sets up to where – he doesn't have to go be a world beater and outduel a Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. He just has to go play solid, and eliminating those yep. red zone interceptions would certainly help. We are in the TireRack.com studios. That's Kyle Rudolph. I'm Mark Willard. You mentioned it already. Let's do it. Let's talk about the 49ers coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. Kyle, Brock Purdy is good for business. There are a number of names in sports that seemingly just become polarizing uh, for many, many different reasons, and you will watch people in our business go straight to those names over and over because the listeners, the sports fans around the country, they, they want to hear those names because there are opinions that will fly. However, while there is a turnover bug for Brock Purdy, he got that bug. He caught He caught something. And uh, we need to talk about that. I'm telling you right now, as someone who's watched every snap this year, he is not the 49ers' biggest problem. Their biggest problem is a complete head-scratcher. We need to talk it out, and we will. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Before we get to Brock, Kyle, somebody is going to have to explain to me how the highest-priced defense, the biggest-name defense, a group that has been year in and year out, effective, fantastic, perennial top five, and then they break off their best player, the biggest contract in the history of defense in the National Football League, and they flat out can't produce. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They look totally confused. Joe Burrow threw four incomplete passes all day long. Count them, four. And that's a guy who stands behind a much maligned offensive line and supposedly had a calf injury um, that's been dogging him all year. They had no problem getting to 31 points inside the 49ers building. There's a new DC. It's Steve Wilkes. We know who he is and what he does, and it's very different than what they've done in the past. So tell me, Kyle, what is going on here? Is this players or is this scheme? 
well, I don't think schematically it's different than what you've seen out of that San Francisco 49ers defense in years prior under D'Amico and Sala. Um, you know, Wilkes wants to run, you know, a lot more zone coverage. You know, I remember back in the day when, you know, Josh Norman got paid all that money in Carolina and it became, well, why aren't you following the best receiver if you're making all that money? It's because that's not the type of defense they played. They were a zone team. He played on his side of the the line of uh, his side of the ball. Um, you know, I played against this defense uh, quite a bit under Robert Sala. Same way, like Sherm wasn't going and following the best receiver. He played on his side of the ball and he stayed there. And, you know, you see that with this team. I think it was a defense up until the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, that's, that's played like the defense has played in the past. But, um, you know, it's, it's the way things go sometimes. You know, I don't necessarily think it's, oh, man, we need to figure out what's going on with this defense. Uh, more so, you know, certainly Brock has got to stop turning the ball over. You know, if he yep. plays a cleaner game and has uh, – 365 yards, a touchdown, and no picks. Um, you know, we, we might be looking at a score that's not 31 to 17. Uh, probably would have been a little bit closer. Uh, certainly gave the Bengals some opportunities there with Shorts Fields. But I also think uh, for the first time in a long time, certainly this season, we saw a Bengals offense that was – reminiscent of the Bengals offense that took them to back-to-back AFC championship games and a Super Bowl appearance two years ago. And I'm not saying that just because Joe Burrow went 28 of 32, and you mentioned the four incompletions. Uh, he had one less touchdown than incompletion. That's always my favorite when quarterbacks <laughs> are throwing about the same amount of touchdowns as yeah. they do incompletions. That's when you know they're on. That's the biggest thing for day. me was yeah. Joe Mixon. Um, I, we haven't seen Joe Mixon in the run game for the Bengals be a factor and no better week for the run game to be a factor than against this 49ers defense. You mentioned all of the high pay, high paid, high priced superstar players on that side of the ball with the highest paid player on that side of the ball, um, and his inability to get to the quarterback, and I honestly think it's because of the way the Bengals were able to run the football, the way they were able to use Joe Mixon both in the run game, uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, it's just that Bengals offense is the offense that we saw prior to Joe's injury and then missing all of preseason. And we just hadn't seen it all year up to this point. So – I think it's a combination of both. I think it's you got to give the Bengals offense credit, uh, the way they played today, taking advantage of those two Brock Purdy interceptions, um, and not as much the skies falling on this incredible 49ers defense because, you know, that defense is not far removed from some pretty incredible performances up to this point. Well, early on in the season, they did. Uh, they had they had some okay performances for sure. They the, the one that impressed me was the way that they were able to handle and knock around the Dallas Cowboys on mm-hmm. on Sunday Night Football. Outside of that, you know, you're playing Daniel Jones on a Thursday night. That's somebody who they, that whole offense has been 
uh, a mess all year. If you go to their Rams victory at SoFi Stadium, anybody who's a Rams fan will tell you Matt Stafford was moving the ball up and down the field. And only when a ball bounced off the hands of Kyron Williams and into the hands of a 49er defender did the momentum and sort of who was leading the game did that suddenly switch. They had a great performance at Pittsburgh in the opener for sure, Um, but again, I would not call that a high-powered offense. That's another young quarterback who's still kind of learning his way. I I tell you what, Kyle, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think there are problems. I really do. When I hear Nick Bosa come out, and this was not today, this was after last week's loss, and talk about two things. A, he did take some of the blame on himself and say that missing training camp was a problem. But he also talked about the blitz-heavy scheme of Steve Wilkes and how it's uncomfortable and how he's just not used to it. And so I'm not even saying it's wrong. I'm saying that a new learning curve has been created for a defense where I would argue it wasn't broke, so don't fix it. Um The 49ers having somebody come into their building and just run the ball in between the tackles, especially, as you point out, a running back who has not had a game like that Mm -hmm. all year long, it it is such a red flag to me, especially when their biggest free agent signing was brought in to specifically – address this they took Javon Hargrave from the Eagles gave him a bunch of money and said you're going to plug the middle of this field so running backs don't do that and it's not working it's just not happening the Browns ran all over them Madison had a really good yard per carry average uh for the for the Vikings and uh, and Kirk Cousins on third down was incredible and today is just another block on uh, on the Jenga tower if you will Kyle well, you mentioned it before, you know, both the Jaguars and the Niners will go into the bye week this week, and then they play each other on the 12th. So, you know, no better time for the 49ers to take a step back. You know, they, they start the season five straight wins. We, you know, you, we heard all the, the rumblings of, will this team lose a game all year? Uh, you know, they're going to go undefeated potentially – and I think, you know, you got to give the Browns credit because, you know, we talked about it that night. It's if you're going to beat the San Francisco 49ers, how are you going to beat them? You know, you physically have to beat them up. And they did. And I think, you know, here now, you know, certainly we're talking a lot more about the defense than the offense. But, um, you know, the best way to get more pressure on the quarterback and get more sacks on the quarterback is playing with an offense that has all of its weapons and gets out in front and you're a defense that's playing with a lead. And it's it's crazy because I think none more so than the cliche saying of the NFL being, oh, it's week by week. Anything can happen. Anyone can beat anyone. We take it one week at a time is the impact that injuries and performance from one side of the ball can have on the other. I think when we just individually look at a San Francisco 49ers defense and the performances that they had, and then all of a sudden you go back and say, oh, well, now they're struggling to stop the run, or now they're giving up 31 points. It's it's all on that defense. And you you kind of lose sight of the fact that like well hold on a second like when they were when they were dominant like they have been in the past 
you know, what makes them dominant. And it's the fact that they know that their counterpart on the other side of the ball with all of the weapons that they have in Kittle and Ayuk and Debo and Christian, uh, you know, go down the list of guys. They know that they get a lead, and guess what? We stop the run early in the game, and teams, they have to abandon it. And now we get to pin our ears back, and the highest-paid player in football can get after the quarterback like he has in years past. So, again, I, the 49ers will go into the bye week this week. They'll, they'll evaluate everything. Certainly, they'll look at the good through the first five weeks. They'll examine the bad through the last three weeks. And, you know, I'm already excited for two weeks from today to, to watch that yep. game in Jacksonville against the Jaguars to see, you know, okay, what 49ers team are we going to get? Are, are we going to see a response to a little bit of adversity here? You know, right now, it's funny. You look at the playoff picture, and, you know, certainly it's way too early in the season, but that's – I told you last week, that's my favorite part about being in the media now. I get to do stuff like that, and I've never <laughs> done it in the past. But, yep. you know, I remember talking to you the night that – the 49ers had that dominant performance against the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, I, I remember saying like, if you're Dak Prescott, you certainly hope like if, if I have a game where, you know, we get our butts kicked, it's tonight and not in January. And here we are looking at a playoff picture three weeks later and Dallas is the five San Francisco six Dallas beat a Rams team. They're up 30 to three or something at some point today. Dak throws four touchdown passes. It's like, Hmm, interesting how things have changed in the last three weeks, but that's the nature of the NFL. That's just the way it goes. No doubt about it. Absolutely. So what's interesting is one of the things you're, you're insinuating there is that no Debo Samuel, no Trent Williams. Now suddenly this 49er offense is not operating as well. That may sound easy, but it also lends to one of those Brock Purdy narratives that we've all been battling out all year, which is, is he simply a product of his surroundings? So we reboot that conversation coming up next. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. That's Kyle Rudolph. I'm Mark Willard. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. 
crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, we are in these TireRack.com studios with Kyle Rudolph, Mark Willard. We're in the final stretch to get tickets to horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The world's best are headed to Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup World Championships. That's November 3rd and 4th this coming week. The countdown begins now. Get tickets today at BreedersCup.com. Before we dive further into Brock Purdy, Kyle, let me throw this out at you just because we were just discussing it 10 minutes ago. One man's opinion, but Emmanuel Acho, uh, FS1, just threw this out on Twitter. The Niners' defense has already allowed over 350 yards four times this season. Last season, that occurred only twice. Today, the Bengals have had a season-high 400 yards. The Niners' players are elite. I need all caps. Steve Wilkes to put them in better positions. I I agree with that, but I, I, I will freely admit um, I'm not someone who can sit here and describe every single schematic portion of offense and defense the way those of you who actually laced them up can. It, it feels that way to me. The reason I have that opinion is because it feels like they have that opinion. When I hear Nick Bosa say, I'm not used to this much blitzing, this doesn't feel like it used to feel. And I see all of this elite talent suddenly look frozen on the field. Um, I I have no choice but to wonder uh, if something beyond the obvious is is going on. But do you you not agree with that statement? Uh, Not entirely. Uh, I feel like throughout my years in the NFL – uh, when you look at elite-level players, it doesn't matter what the system is. It doesn't matter what the scheme is. It doesn't matter what the plays are that are being called. They always elevate to the occasion. They make the play caller better. They make the system better. Um, you know, Quite honestly, if, if that 49ers defense doesn't like something that they're doing, if they feel like they're blitzing too much, uh, you, know, you, you have some of the best players in football, you know, Go say something. Uh, tell them that you want to just rush four and, and let your front that's as good as anybody and has been for years get after the quarterback. So, again, I, I just feel like um, if you want Steve Wilkes to put these guys in better positions, they will be in a better position when they play with the lead like they did the first five games of the year. The first five yep. games of the year, the offense scored over 33 points a game. They've scored 17 and three straight. Um, so, it's like – you know, it, certainly it's it's the easy thing to, to point to. Um, it's the only thing that's different really from last year. It's, you know, hey, we can look at statistics and yards and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, this isn't a defense we, we mentioned. Extremely high-paid guys, um, extremely talented guys. You know, they're – they're too good to find themselves out of a position, be, out of position because of scheme. Um, you know, I, I've never been around an elite player who has allowed a coach to bring their level of play down. Not at this level. 
Yeah, no, that I mean, it sounds pretty fair, uh, to be honest with you. Now, the other thing you said about 10 minutes ago was about getting the lead and, and how this offense is now moving at a, a lesser pace and, and largely because there's no left tackle in Trent Williams. That allows all of those runs around the left end from Christian McCaffrey, which are not chunking nearly as much as they were. And there's no Debo Samuel, somewhat of a security blanket around the line of scrimmage and over the middle as a wide receiver. Now, it, it, it's not a hot take to say, oh, the offense is missing some of its best players, therefore it operates lesser but it is particularly interesting with the 49ers because of a portion of the Brock Purdy conversation. Um, some would call him a system quarterback. Others would call him a product of his surroundings. I actually think there's an intricate difference there. A system quarterback tells me that that's just Kyle Shanahan's scheme. And if you can scheme anyone open, then missing a Debo Samuel shouldn't matter. The product of the surroundings thing is what I find interesting. When people will say, you got Kittle, you got McCaffrey, you got Ayuk, you got Debo, you got Trent Williams. And it is seen as a slight to Brock Purdy. I believe that to be a slight uh, 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 to a certain degree. Um, But to hear you say it, it sounds like uh, that is your belief. Or you tell me... Are you are you suggesting that Brock is a quote unquote product of his surroundings? Uh, I believe that Brock Purdy is still a really good quarterback, um, but I do believe that when you're a young player in this league and you go into the situation, both the scheme and the surroundings that he was entered into last year when he became the starting quarterback, has allowed him to develop a confidence that I think has made him a better quarterback than when he was the last draft pick of the NFL draft last year. Um, you know, when, when I watch Brock Purdy on tape, uh, you know, certainly the quarterback that he was at Iowa State that led him to be the last draft pick in the draft, there, 32 teams didn't miss him six and a half, almost seven rounds of the draft because they didn't see this quarterback who's going out there right now and playing at the level that he's played to, you know, up until recently. Even, you know, we, we talked about the 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 Browns game and, you know, Debo gets hurt, Christian gets hurt, Trent gets hurt. Um, you know, the the game is ugly back and forth. And ultimately, they're a 41-yard field goal away from a game-winning drive by Brock Purdy. Yep. And he did all of that on his own. Um, so, I, th- in my opinion, I think he is a much improved quarterback. And it's – is it because of the system? Certainly. Is it because of the players around him? Absolutely. There are very few guys in this league, and, and I'm sure we'll get to one of them here in a second with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes and the guys around him, but there are very few guys. And, you know, I watched it during my 10 years in the NFC North with Aaron Rodgers across the border there. It didn't matter who the receivers were. Like when I got to Minnesota in 2011, they had – James Jones and Donald Driver and Greg Jennings and 
Jordy Nelson and Jeremiah Finley, and they had just drafted Randall Cobb, and it was like loaded, 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 like just receivers everywhere. And then it was like, okay, Donald's gone, Jeremiah's gone, James is gone. Greg is gone. Now Jordy's gone. And it never mattered because all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, now here's this Devontae Adams guy who was taken in the second right. round. And nobody really knew who Devontae was and, you know, what the success he had had it, that he had at Fresno. And all of a sudden he becomes one of the best wide receivers in football. And it's like they're, those guys are few and far between. So you look at the other good quarterbacks in the NFL and who are they guys that use the players that are around them and make themselves better because of it and I think that's what Brock has done and he has developed a confidence up until recently turning the football over which we talked about but when you watch him you know I watch him on primetime in that that Dallas game just like you did and some of those throws that he was making you know throughout that game and a lot of the games that I've seen him play are high, high level of difficulties throws. He processes information quickly. He gets the ball out of his hand, um, you know, and he'll go back and, you know, he'll spend a lot of time in the bye week looking at, you know, where, what are, what's causing me to turn the football over? Where is it coming from? How do I fix it? And ultimately we talk about the run game and losing the best left tackle in football and Trent Williams. And, I'm a firm believer in the fact that Debo Samuel being out hurts the Niners run game more than the best left tackle in football not being out there to block in the run game. Interesting. And it's it's crazy to think about. But like watching the Browns game when Debo was out there, there's just so much distraction. And Kyle does such a good job, whether it's pre-stat, motion shifts, um, you know, guys crossing the formation on these jet sweeps and, you know, ghost motions through the backfield. And they're just – when you're a linebacker and you're standing there looking at a Kyle Shanahan offense with Ayuk and Debo and Christian, where do you look? Like you you can't focus your eyes on one thing because there's guys going everywhere – and they, at, at any moment in time, the ball can be snapped and it can be an explosive play. So when you take Debo off the field, when he got hurt in the Cleveland game, all of a sudden, you know, Trent Williams was still out there. He hadn't got banged up yet. But there wasn't as much air because now you have these backers just standing there at four or five yards like, all right, hand the ball to Christian. Nothing else scares me anymore. Like I can focus on this guy right here in the backfield and I'm not worried about you getting the ball on the perimeter Debo, and now i got to go chase that guy. So I think getting Debo back will be huge for not only this offense but also for the Niners' run game. Uh, there is one thing that, that, that is a thread uh, through most, if not all, of Brock Purdy's interceptions uh, that I want to get to coming up next. Also, the Mahomes comment is interesting. We do need to talk about the Chiefs, and we will. But let's get Kevin Wired in here first with the latest on what's going on out and about. Hey, Kevin. Hey, yeah, it's uh, NFL Sunday Night Football going on right now. They got about two minutes to go in the second quarter. Just uh, got back from the two-minute warning, and the Bears have just scored – their first touchdown of the day of the day uh, to make it 17-6. It could be 17-7, uh, pending the extra point as uh, the 
Bears uh, running it in there. 17-6 is the score, about minute 47 to go before halftime. Early or scores from the late window. We had the Ravens top the Cardinals 31-24. Gus Edwards, three rushing touchdowns for Baltimore. They're now 6-2 and two on the season. The Bengals, after having a slow start, Joe Burrow having issues with his calf to begin the season. Looked like it might be a lost season for Cincinnati, but they've come warring right back, and Joe Burrow... Seems to have completely forgotten about his calf injury. First and 10 from the 17. Burrow fakes a pass to the right, throws toward the end zone. Chase with an over-the-shoulder catch. Touchdown! Bengals! And he does a backflip in the back of the end zone. Instead of the the gritty, he made like an Olympic gymnast. Bengals Radio Network with the call. One of three touchdown passes thrown by Joe Burrow as the Bengals beat the 49ers 31-17. They're now above 500 the first time this season at 4-3. and three. The upset of the day in the AFC West. Broncos take down the Chiefs 24-9 at Mile High Stadium as Patrick Mahomes being forced to throw two interceptions by that Broncos defense in Kansas City. Just nine points total on the day. Broncos get their third win of the season, Chiefs fall to 6-2. and two. Seahawks over the Browns 24-20 as Geno Smith had a couple of touchdown tosses. Early scores, Panthers get their first win of the season, 15-13 over the Houston Texans. Eddie Pinheiro with the walk-off field goal. Vikings over the Packers 24-10. Kirk Cousins had to leave the game, and the fear is that he has a Achilles injury, a torn Achilles that very well could Knock him out for the rest of the season, although uh, they're still waiting to uh, confirm with an MRI. Dolphins cruise past the Patriots 31-17. Titans over the Falcons 28-23. Will Levis in his NFL debut through four touchdown passes. Saints outscore the Colts 38-27. Jaguars over the Steelers 2010. Eagles beat the Commanders 38-31. And in probably the ugliest game of the day, the Jets... After a missed field goal by Graham Gano, they were down by three, marched down the field, and with just a second to go, Zach Wilson able to spike the ball in field goal range. The Jets convert on that field goal to force overtime, and they eventually do win it 13-10. to And the Cowboys demolished the Rams 43-20, to but they led 33-3 to at one point. So the score wasn't even that close. Dak Prescott, four touchdowns. Cowboys defense getting a pick six of Matt Stafford, and their special teams getting a punt block. Back to you guys. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. Uh, we're live in the TireRack.com studios alongside the great Kyle Rudolph. I'm Mark Willard. Kyle, before we move on to Patrick and the Chiefs, real quick on Purdy. Uh, five interceptions the last three games after not throwing any in uh, in the first five games of the year. The, ga- the game in Cleveland, the ball is wet, and, and, and there was just, you know, he, he missed a spot, and, and I think it was in the first half. Since then... These four interceptions in two games the last two weeks have all come late in the second half. They have all come while trailing. And while that is not an excuse, because some will say, oh, look, he's, you know, you're in a little bit of a desperate spot. You got to take some chances. I, I wouldn't call it that at all. What is interesting to me, and one of them, the one down by the goal line today, if you saw the game. Uh, there was a penalty, ineligible downfield. They've admitted now it was supposed to be a handoff. The play call got all messed up. 
And so it was just a rookie mistake that he even went and threw that ball. But what I see with Brock Purdy and the question that I still have, because if you watch the game, you also saw some absolutely ridiculous elite plays, plays with his legs, buying time, throwing across his body downfield. There are elite throws, and then there are what look like young player mistakes late in the game. And because they're late in the game and when they're trailing, the question I have about Brock is um, what happens when the other team knows you're going to throw it? That's what I want to see. And this is a Shanahan question, too. He's 0-36 when his teams enter the fourth quarter trailing by eight or more. 0-36. So the ingenuity of his play calling, the execution of it from Brock Purdy, when you're down in the fourth quarter and the other team knows that you're not going to be pounding the rock, um, that's what I would love to see because the best can do that, and and that's where he struggled. Well, you know, I, I think it's more interesting to to dive into the Owen 38 when trailing by eight points or more statistic because – that has, in my opinion, that's something that has followed that system everywhere along the way from, you know, Kyle's dad. I played under Gary Kubiak. Um, that system is a system that, you know, I just talked about all of the things that distracted defense that they have going on pre-snap. Yep. Um, the the wide zone, you know, the stretch run action, the nakeds, the keepers – all of that stuff that goes out the window when you turn into a drop back pass team down more than one score, you know, trust me, I've been in that system in that situation. And when we get down double digit scores and we, the other team knows that we have to pass. I remember we, we played the Niners actually in the divisional round. Uh, it was January of 2020, but it was the 19 season and, you know, like Nick Bosa and D Ford and Eric Armstead. I and mean, it was like first round pick, first round pick, high paid rusher, first round pick. They were arguing over like, no, I'm not going out. You go out like, no, it's my turn because they knew we had to throw the football. And in that system, the drop back pass game is not the strength of the system. The strength of the system is everything looks the same. You rely on the run game to make the shots happen in the pass game. Guys are all of a sudden running wide open because, you know, linebackers are focused on the run game or safeties get nosy and you, you hit them over the top with these big plays. So that worries me a lot more than Brock Purdy trailing at the end of the game and needing to go down the field and get points because we've seen him do that. I, I, Cleveland has one of the best defenses in football, and I'll go back to that that last drive in Cleveland in awful weather, you know, wet conditions, and he goes right down the field and gets his team in field goal range for a chance to win the game. So, you know, I have faith in Brock's ability to to lead that team down the field, even in a situation where the other the opposing defense knows it's a pass. Um, I do think there is something to you know you know not zero and thirty eight for no reason. Um, you know there there is something to that there. 
Yeah, that is very, very interesting. Great, great stuff there. Uh, with Kyle Rudolph, Mark Willard coming up next. Was Tyreek Hill right? I mean, even just a little bit when he left the Chiefs. We'll explain what we're talking about coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, with Kyle Rudolph, I'm Mark Willer. Glad you're with us. We are live in the Tyrac.com studios. Another reminder, final stretch to get tickets to horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The world's best are headed to Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup World Championships November 3rd and 4th. The countdown begins now. Get your tickets today at BreedersCup.com. All right, Kyle. Was Tyreek Hill right? Now, I know it sounds like a silly question because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. So that seemed to automatically make Tyreek Hill wrong. But I remember everybody's offseason takes when Tyreek went to the Miami Dolphins. And he's only one player. He's an example of the larger question and issue, if you will. So I'm certainly not going to make the point that Patrick Mahomes can't function without Tyreek Hill. I'm not here to say something stupid like that. But here's what I will say. When I watch the Chiefs, and it's not just today, when I watch them play football this year, they look like Patrick, Travis, and Prayer. Like, it, it, it is completely – their defense looks a, better, a little bit better this year, but I'm not going to be disrespectful and call them talent deficient – I'm just going to say that there is a deficiency on that offense. When we look at the skill position players that have been there in the past during Patrick Mahomes' recent run of, of Super Bowls and Super Bowl appearances, this is, this is not the same. And it, it is causing that offense to really, really struggle. No, but when I look at this offense and I think back to the Super Bowl run last year without Tyreek Hill, certainly if this offense still had Tyreek Hill on it, it would be explosive. I mean, he just became the first receiver in 60-something years to 
reach the 1,000-yard mark in eight games. Um, but when you look at this Kansas City Chiefs offense – Sands Tyree kill like they were last year and how they became successful, what they got to late in the season, um, the use of the talent that they do have on the roster. Um, I think about a guy like Jarek McKinnon. Um, Jarek is a guy that I played with in Minnesota. He was out with you guys in the Bay Area for a little while. His stint with yep. the Niners was injury plagued with two ACL surgeries. Um, but no one played a bigger role in the Chiefs' run and ultimately winning a Super Bowl last year than than Jarek on that offense as the, you know, counterpart to Patrick and Travis. Uh, you know, you look at last year they had Juju Smith-Schuster. This year, okay, who replaces Juju? And, and quite honestly, when I look at this receiving core, um, you know, to me, the name that jumps out and the guy who's jumped out to me watching these guys on tape is Rasheed Rice. Um, yes. He's dynamic. Uh, he's incredibly dynamic. And I think that's a guy that we can see. He's a rookie. Um, and as we work our way into November, December, um, you know, I think back, it was almost the same thing last year. It was early in the year. We were having all these conversations about – the Chiefs offense, how are they going to survive without Tyreek Hill? They, they don't – they're just not as dynamic. They're not as explosive, and they figure it out. And, and I go back to when I referenced Patrick before, it's because he is one of those few guys that he will make Rasheed Rice a elite wide receiver in this league. He will get the most out of a Just, Justin Watson – a Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, they got Miko Hardman back. Like certainly, yep. he's not just going to jump over to the Chiefs and be like, "It oh, I've never missed a, a practice. I've never missed a game." Like we'll hop right back in. They'll slowly start to work his speed back into this offense. Um, I would love to see a lot more. No pun intended in the use of his name there <laughs> from Sky Moore and yep. also Kadarius Tony. Uh, Kadarius Tony was with him in New York for the year that he was in New York before he got traded over to the Chiefs last year. Incredibly, incredibly dynamic, elusive player, a guy that you can get the ball into his hands in space and he's going to make things happen. So I have no worries whatsoever about this Chiefs offense and the skill position players around Travis Kelsey. I do well, think there are times yeah. – where they just rely on Travis too much. Yeah, I, I think that's all fair. I, I, I just think that what you're talking about, while accurate, may take time, and I would predict that it's going to hamper them when it comes to the end this year. They'll, they'll be there, but how far do they go? I do like Rasheed Rice. I'm with you. That's the guy. But look, go through all those other names you mentioned, and, and there's so many of them, it feels like the Chiefs are still searching, as evidenced by – going out on the trade market and bringing back a familiar name in Mecole Hardman. Valdez Scantling's a veteran. He's never going to blow the doors off. Justin Watson, we'll see, but you mentioned the two names. Back-to-back -back years, these were acquisitions, one through the draft, where people thought they could really do something. Sky Moore had a beautiful teardrop throw from Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. in the end zone today, mm -hmm. and it went right off of his forearms, and he missed it. We know what Kadarius Toney has been through this year. The pick six on opening night, he had one target today, one catch, four yards. 
I, I, I just I think that what you're saying is true, but it's going to take a little bit more time than the Chiefs have this season. Well, I mean, we we thought that last year, and these are the same cast of characters that went and won that Super Bowl. So, um, you know, I I I see your point. It's just not something that I can worry about with this Kansas City Chiefs offense. I, I feel like this is this offense that will – Andy Reid, he does it every year. He'll figure it out, and this will be a team that we're watching in December as they run around in circles in their huddle and score 35 points a game. Uh, by no stretch am I uh, suggesting that the uh, the Chiefs are not going to win the AFC West. However, it is fascinating when you watch a defense, and I know it was cold, but a defense that gave up 70 a few weeks ago held mm-hmm. the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs out of the end zone. I, I, I did not have that on, uh, on my bingo card. Um, all right. We talked a lot about this game already, but only on one side. Did the other side rejoin the Super Bowl conversation? We'll get to that coming up next. Yeah, man, it's not just Breeders' Cup week. Down the stretch we come on week number eight in the National Football League. Narratives changing every single week, and we bring you through all of them. The Los Angeles, call them please, San Diego Chargers, um, in action right now. Sunday night football, and they have finally found an opponent they can handle. They lead this one 24-7, looking to get their third win of the year. We'll see what the Tyson Bajant-led Chicago Bears have for them in the second half. We will keep you up to date. But we spent a lot of time, Kyle, on the San Francisco 49ers and their problems on both sides of the ball. Uh, What about the team that beat them today? Um, Can we start talking, in your opinion, about the Cincinnati Bengals the way we thought we were going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals this year? Yeah, I think this is the closest thing that we've seen to date in terms of our expectations of the Cincinnati Bengals coming into this season. Uh, certainly, I, I think you, a huge credit goes to Joe Burrow and his health. Uh, he looked healthier today, running around, scrambling, moving better than we have seen him through the first seven games of the season. Um, I mentioned Joe Mixon earlier in the show and, and his ability to, you know, not only run the football and what the run game does for this offense, but also catching the ball out of the backfield and the screen game, that element of this offense. And, you know, I remember sitting on this show when the Bengals beat Arizona, and I get it, it's Arizona, but it was basically Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and that was it. And it was where is this team going to find offense outside of just those two guys? And now here we are today, T. Higgins, 69 yards, Tyler Boyd, 40 yards. Um, I I talked about Joe Mixon and his ability out of the backfield. So, you know, we're starting to see this complete package. And also one thing that oftentimes gets overlooked with this Bengals team, talks so much about the offense, we forget to mention the defense. And this is a defense that's really starting to play like a Super Bowl caliber defense. Uh, You know, they get after the passer as good as anyone uh, you know, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendricks, Hendrickson, you know, Trey's a guy who, you know, comes up there, signs a big free 
contract from New Orleans, and you know a lot of people really hadn't heard of him. Uh, but he's a guy that I played against when he was in New Orleans, and uh, certainly was always a tough assignment. You know, for me, a guy that I had to block on the edge a lot. Uh, and he's just a high motor guy that seems to always find his way at the quarterback. He had another sack today, uh, so it, it is. It's it's a defense that's really playing stout, um, and an offense that's starting to find their stride as we make our way into November. You know what? I was not expecting. Uh, you could look at Burrow's numbers: two hundred eighty-three yards through the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions. We mentioned that he only had four incomplete passes. Um, he was sacked a couple of times, but he was kept pretty clean in this football game. And part of it is a credit to him. Six carries for 43 yards. Um, I, I've never thought of Burrow as a statue, but I will tell you this. Um, he moved very well today. And knowing where he has been physically this year up to this point, uh, I do think that it's time to re-enter Cincinnati into the conversation, talk about them being at the uh, uh, the top level of the AFC like we expected them to be, a top five Super Bowl preseason favorite, and it was for that reason. It was for six carries, 43 yards, bunch of first downs on third down, scrambling from Joe Burrow. It told me, Kyle, that that leg – is all the way back. That calf injury is no longer an issue, whether it's physically or mentally, for that matter. And and, and once you have that, then everything else will sort of work in concert around it, which I think has been your big message tonight. You know, the teams that are struggling, it's because of one or two things here or there that have this trickle-down effect. Well, it can go the opposite direction, obviously, and uh, we've known all along. The Bengals are a good football team. They just need to be right at the key positions, and I think they finally are. 100%. There's nothing more demoralizing to a defense than – a third down, you're covering Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, and you got everybody covered. You think you're going to get off the field, and all of a sudden, Joe Burrow takes off running. He picks up the first down with his legs, and now they get a new set of downs and three more shots uh, at explosive plays down the field. And uh, you know, you mentioned never really envisioning envisioning Joe as a statue. That's what he was for the first six games, you know, yep. first seven weeks of the season. He Up until this week, he was a statue back there. And, you know, almost it seemed like every time that his instincts were telling him to take off, you would see that hesitancy with his calf. You know, ultimately, uh, early in the year, I think it was the Pittsburgh game, he even re-aggravated a little bit trying to scramble and move. And that's his nature as, as a – no fairly athletic quarterback, a guy who can use his legs like he did today. That's what he wanted to do. That's what he was like so hesitant to do through those first six games. And, you know, to your point, I think we we did see today a completely healthy Joe Burrow for the first time and, you know, what the ability to move around and run the football from the quarterback position allowed him to do in the past game. And it, again, it just trickled down throughout that entire offense. I don't know exactly where they stand in the pecking order, which we can go through in the AFC, but here's one thing that I can firmly state, and I don't even think it's debatable. We are definitely looking at the best last place team in the NFL. 
Um, they're, they're, they're four and three. Everybody has a winning record in the AFC North. I think top to bottom, um, it's, it's probably the best division in football, at, at least right now. I know that the Steelers and Browns will make people say a little bit of a yeah, but in terms of their four and three record, they're technically have tiebreakers over the Bengals right now. So it's technically a last place team that we're, uh, that we're looking at. But I, I just know that provided that they don't have any, any more interruptions, uh, they find their way into the postseason one way or another. There, there is one quarterback and one quarterback only in the NFL where, where I would say I trust that guy in the big moment against the big-time opponent. There, there's only one man who's gone into, in the playoffs, Mahomes' den and, and, and Allen's den and come out of both of them with with resounding victories, and that's Joe Burrow, and he he's been forgotten this year because of what he was going through physically. No doubt about it, and I think when you look at the AFC standings, and you know you look at the teams that are ahead of them right now, you know they're tied with the Jets, tied with the Browns, tied with the Steelers, all that four and three, um, you know. <laughs> We're talking about in their division alone, so teams that they will play again during the course of the year. Uh, you know, we saw the Cleveland Browns, uh, a team that has a really talented roster, a great defense. Um, but do we believe PJ Walker can kind of keep this thing afloat longer than a ascending Joe Burrow? And then, you know, same thing in Pittsburgh, you know, Kenny Pickett goes down today, Mitch Trubisky comes in, you know, it's like, if you're looking at a stock market ticker, it's like, certainly the Bengals is going up and the other two teams in the AFC North are probably trending the other way with major injuries at the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I mean, if you look up and down the AFC, there there does feel like there's there's a lot of parity in that there's there's no freebies. Like, I mean, the last place teams in the AFC right now are the Bengals, the Colts. They'll give you a crazy game. The Chargers we're watching right now, incredibly talented quarterback. And then the Patriots, which I get the Mac Jones situation and the struggles that they've had, but you really don't see a lot of free victories in uh, in the AFC at all but the the list of teams where you really feel like okay that that's a mover and a shaker and a team that I'm pretty confident is going to have January action it's the Chiefs it's the Jags I think the Bills still have enough I know the Dolphins aren't great on defense but I think that they're going to be a part of this and then the Ravens as well and and Cincinnati and, and, and that's six teams, and somebody else will, will join the party, and maybe there will be a party crasher as well. Um, but it felt for a while like, like the Bengals may not be a part of that group. That's, that's, that's the group. And, and for me, the Bengals are absolutely still in it. You know, and one thing that's interesting to me about the Cincinnati Bengals and, you know, Baltimore is a really, really good football team. Uh, that defense, you know, we, we talk so much about Lamar Jackson and the new offense, and, you know, they're not going to be so heavy run the football. They're going to use these receivers that they have. They're going to let Lamar make decisions in the pocket and throw the football, and uh, they're playing incredible football off to a 6-2 and two start. And it's like 
The thing about the Cincinnati Bengals is you look at the last two years and what they've done once they got into the playoffs. Uh, the year they went to the Super Bowl, they go knock off the one seed at Tennessee. Then they beat Kansas City in Kansas City to go to the Super Bowl. Last year, they knock off the Bills in Buffalo to go toe-to-toe with Kansas City in Kansas City. So you mentioned it. They've gone in the Lions' den in the playoffs year after year. So they're not afraid of that. For the Bengals, it's all about getting everyone healthy, starting to ascend toward the playoffs. And if they get in as a six-seed wildcard team because Baltimore wins the AFC North, I don't think that bothers the Cincinnati Bengals one bit. Uh, they know that they can go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Whoever, yeah. The five seed, whoever the four seed is and the Bengals are the five seed, that's not going to be good news for the team that has to host them the first round of the playoffs. Absolutely. That is an uncomfortable matchup. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. With Kyle Rudolph, Mark Willard. And again today, uh, we had a not-so-subtle reminder that in the snap of a finger, everything for an entire organization can change we'll get back to that discussion coming up next on fox sports radio i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico now i'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it join me monday to friday to find out what's happening why and what it all means follow the global story from the bbc wherever you listen to podcasts there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, with Kyle Rudolph, Mark Willard, LiveTireRank.com. Studios, final stretch. Get tickets to horse racing's biggest moment of the year, world's best, headed to Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup World Championships on November 3rd and 4th. Countdown begins now. Get tickets today at BreedersCup.com. Kyle, we talked about him earlier, but kind of in a a different light, talking about the Chiefs' offense. Um, Oh, by the way... A little bit of a milestone there for uh, for Tyreek Hill today. We are eight games in, and Tyreek is already over a thousand yards receiving. It's funny. 
part of it is fantasy football. Justin Jefferson was everybody's clear number one. And for the most part, I think people were interested in the return of Cooper Cup even more than Tyreek Hill. And now, even as we get into the season, and Jamar Chase was part of this conversation as well, The who's the best receiver in football? Well, I, I, I know he's a part of an incredibly high-flying offense, and he always has been. He was when he was with the Chiefs as well. But maybe part of the reason that those are high-flying offenses is because that's the jersey that he wears. Um, I don't hear people bring Tyreek Hill's name up when they talk about the best or most complete receivers in football. He's not just a deep guy. And for some reason, even though everybody knows exactly what he's going to be doing and where he's going to be, there's absolutely no keeping up with him. Where do you put Tyreek Hill with regard to the game's best at the position? I mean – you know, I've gone on record in saying that I believe Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in football, but I say that with regard to the fact what Tyree Kill does week in and week out, year in and year out. Like, okay, he's a one trick pony, he can run fast. Well, people still can't stop him. Um, you know, I, I was watching a play today and Tua, you know, buries a hard play action fake to the right side and, you know, he's left-handed. So then it's easy for him. He, you know, he reaches out with his left hand on the fake and then he just turn, you know, he turns his back to the defense, which you're really never supposed to do as a quarterback. You never want to turn your back to the defense and, when all you're doing is burying the run fake and then turning around and launching a go ball for a touchdown, you could turn your back as long as you want because you know exactly when you turn around where you're launching that football. And, you know, he just – he does things at the highest level in the NFL with the best players on the planet on the opposing side of the ball from him. That makes it look like he's playing high school football at times. Um, you know – you're not supposed to be able to run by guys the way that he does. You're not supposed to make coverage feel uncomfortable the way he does. You know, it's like, oh, he can run straight ahead fast. He's a one-trick pony. It's all go balls. No, it's not. And, you know, he runs crossing routes and overs. And, um, you know, when, when he runs a, a stop or a hinge or something where he gets a DB running and then puts his foot in the ground, that DB is going to stay – and get out of his pedal immediately because he's scared to death that Tyreek's going to run by him. So, you know, what he does is truly amazing. But you have to remember through the first, I don't know if it was four or five weeks before Justin got hurt, Justin was on pace for – they were both going over 2,100 yes. yards receiving this year. So it's, it's a fun debate to have. Um, you know, I will say – what Tyreek does and watching it on tape is incredible because I've seen really, really good complete wide receivers, Justin Cooper cup, what Cooper did when he won the triple crown. But that's, that's like route running and scheme and feel. This is Tyreek just being physically better than everyone else. And like, I'm yep. going to run by you and I'm going to scare you to death. And then I, you know, I'm going to catch a screen and make you look silly. Uh, it's just, it's incredible to watch.
Yeah, it really is. And so, uh, you know, that 2,100-yard pace that you just mentioned, yeah, he's on pace for 2,155 right now. You do have the extra game. There's never been uh, a 2,000-yard receiver in league history. Um, and, and and I never want to jinx anything because there's injury, and, and he does. He had a hip injury this week, and there have been some muscular stuff uh, around the hamstrings and whatnot with him in the past. But quite frankly, Kyle, that feels like the only thing that 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 could potentially get in the way of of him setting the record. No question about it. And you know, if, if you're the Dolphins training staff, just get the horse to the race. Um, if if his hips right. bothering him. Okay, Tyreek, you do whatever you want to do today. We'll see you on Sunday. Um, you know, and that that's the way it goes. As as the season goes on and you start to get uh, bumps and bruises, you know, what do you need? You, you want to run routes on air today and that's it? Okay, perfect. You run routes on air today and, and then you can go inside and get all the treatment you want. You know, I like guess this, this is a guy that has familiarity with the quarterback. He understands the system. Um, you know, we're not talking about somebody who needs to be out there grinding and practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to understand what he has to do on Sunday to go out and be successful. So, you know, I know that's how Miami will handle things. They'll do, you know, exactly like they have the last couple of times he's been banged up and on the injury report. You know, he may be on the injury report because he's not practicing full. That doesn't mean you're not going to get full speed ahead on Sunday. And that's what we've seen week in and week out so far. I'm with you, though. I will say, even in bringing up this conversation, if you did ask me to draft any receiver in the NFL right now, I'm still going J.J. I'm, I'm, I'm still going Justin Jefferson. I think uh, a, a little bit more complete, a little bit younger, uh, has the size and whatnot. Like, I just think he's such a, he's such a prototype. And it circles us back to the conversation we were having earlier about – Justin Jefferson and the predicament, if you want to call it that, that he's now in with the Kirk uh, uh, Cousins injury. Um, if you missed it earlier today, and and I know I'm jumping in, and this is maybe a tad bit irresponsible, but there have been enough doctors that have watched this and enough things that have been admitted behind closed doors uh, in the Vikings locker room tonight that, that I'm pretty confident that Kirk Cousins popped his Achilles. I know you feel that uh, as well. And so mm-hmm. um, if you're not going to see Kirk Cousins for the rest of the year. And with Justin Jefferson out with his own injury and a contractual situation looming, it really sets up a, a, a hell of a situation. I know you and I both put it out there what we would do, which is I'm not going back out on that field and putting up bad numbers with a young backup quarterback uh, and risking further injury without that contract already in place. Um, and I know you feel the same way, but what do you think he is going to do? Well, and knowing Justin as well as I know him, watching the way that he handled the entire offseason when negotiating a new contract and you know making it very well known that he wanted a new contract, the guy didn't miss a practice didn't miss, you know, team periods or reps. He went out there every single day, all preseason, all training camp, um, and and worked the way Justin's worked. And quite honestly, if Justin were to come back from this hamstring injury, 
he I think he has one more week on IR. It will be I think next week is the fourth game he will have missed. Um it, it, the, whoever's playing quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, your job is simple. Throw it to number 18. So right. I, I'm not necessarily worried that his numbers would diminish because they're going to – that's the only chance you have. You have to find ways to get him the football, and they would. The biggest issue that I have is the risk of injury prior to signing that, that guaranteed deal. Um, so it, it will be very interesting how – you know, it's a, the IR thing is weird because, you know, there, there is no – well, if you're on it, it's a minimum of four weeks. There is no maximum or, you know, kind of extended IR to where after four weeks he can really come back at any point. But you don't know – if a guy goes on IR, he could be on IR for six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks. You, know, you just have to designate that, that window for return, and then, boom, you can put him on the roster. So it'll be interesting as he becomes eligible to come off IR when he actually does, if he ever does. All eyes are going to be on that for sure. Um, all eyes are always on a player who rips the refs after the game. We'll tell you about that in just a couple of minutes, but let's get uh, Kevin Wired in here with the latest and what's trending out and about. Hey, Kevin. Yeah, Sunday night football there late in the third quarter out in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. The Chargers now with a 27-7 lead. And it's largely thanks to Justin Herbert. 11 seconds on the clock. Herbert. Keenan. Oh, no, it's Parham. Parham into the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. Donald Parham with a second and third effort to cash it in. That was Matt Money-Smith on KYSR Los Angeles as the Chargers now up by 20 against the Bears. Justin Herbert, three touchdown passes, including that one to Donald Barham. And L.A. looking to go to 3-4 and four on the season. In the late afternoon slate of games, the upset of the day in the AFC West, the Broncos, their defense coming alive today. They hold the Chiefs to nine points, picking off Patrick Mahomes twice in a 24-9 win. The Broncos also holding Kansas City scoreless in the second half. The Cardinals fall to the Ravens 31-24. Baltimore getting three rushing touchdowns from Gus Edwards. Bengals beat the 49ers 31-17. Joe Burrow three touchdown passes. And Cincinnati now, they're above 500, 4-3 on the season. The Seahawks beat the Browns 24-20. Geno Smith with a couple of touchdown passes. Early slate of games had the Panthers get their first win against the Texans 15-13. The Eagles come from behind to beat the Commanders 38-31. Jaguars over the Steelers 20-10. Jets in overtime beat the Giants 13-10. Dolphins over the Patriots 31-17. Saints top the Colts 38-27. Titans in Will Levis's debut. He throws four touchdown passes, and they get by the Falcons 28-23. Vikings beat the Packers 24-10, but it come, came at a high cost as uh, Kirk Cousins leaving the game, and it's feared that he has an Achilles injury, specifically a torn Achilles, although they do are do need an MRI to uh, confirm that result. But that is what the team fears, that he'll have an Achilles tear and that'll cause him to miss the rest of the season. And the Cowboys over the Rams 43-20, but Dallas up 33-3 at one point as Dak Prescott threw four touchdowns. Back to you guys. 
All right, Kevin, great stuff tonight. Thank you so much. Um, we always love good drama, right? It's like TNT. It's their slogan, for goodness sake. And, and we got it after the Jags beat Pittsburgh today. Mark Willard, Kyle Rudolph with you. And, and here's what I want to say about this. I'm going to read you a quote from Deontay Johnson, wide receiver who's missed a lot of time this year, but he's been back for a few weeks now and, uh, and had a, a decent game today. But he unloaded in the locker room on the officials, which is considered a no-no, obviously, by the league, but more so what I care about by fans. Nobody really wants, like, even though every fan always hates the refs during the, the, their favorite team's game, it's like you're not allowed to use it as an excuse after the game. It just doesn't come off that great. So I understand that side of it. But here's what I want to throw at you since you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Here's the quote. Quote, refs were just killing us the whole game. The same refs we had at training camp. I didn't like the refs today. At the end of the day, we can't keep complaining about the refs. Like Coach Tomlin says, we can't worry about the refs, whatever. But everybody's different. I didn't like the refs today. They must have got paid good today or something, but they blew that field goal that hurt us coming into the half. We needed that. All right. Here's my wish for this quote, even though it'll never happen. My wish for this quote is that Deontay Johnson didn't get fined. It doesn't matter what the court of public opinion thinks. Let the court of public opinion take care of that. I just wish leagues weren't so terrified of this kind of speech. He didn't get personal. He didn't name names. And he didn't get lewd or anything like that. He just was mad. And he said it. What's wrong with that? Why can't we say that in a locker room, Kyle? Yeah, I know. And you mentioned it. We've talked about this with with coaches following games when – you know, it's clearly blown calls, blown reviews. Uh, you know, they miss the call in the field. Then we see it on the replay and they miss it again. Um, and, you know, I get it. I understand, especially in the the public opinion of fans. Um, you know, it would be one thing. It would have been interesting how this quote was perceived had the Steelers won by 10 instead of losing by 10 and there was just you know like hey the refs were terrible today we had these guys in training camp I didn't like them in training camp um you know thankfully we were able to get to the win but they were not very good um it's like it's almost you know he's still going to get fined for that he, the, the NFL is going to send him his his fine for 25 grand or whatever it is for talking about the officials yep. but it's like the the immediate reaction to this is you're a sore loser. You're blaming it on the refs. You guys just didn't play good enough. Yada yada yada. But it's like for me personally, as as a former player and someone who's I've been you know since I'm now on the other side of it, I've been very critical of the NFL officials. I think it's the biggest problem we have in an incredible game. Um, I it's just. I don't envy the job that they have because as fans, we get to sit on our couches and see 35 different slow-mo replay angles. Right. But I have been around the game long enough to, to slowly see more and more games getting affected by officials. Um, and, and I do, I, I strongly believe that 
and the great game of football and the incredible brand of the National Football League, the officials are one of the biggest issues that we have. And it's like, look, he said it. He, he said, he, again, he wears no personal attacks at these guys. He's like, look, I was around them in training camp. I didn't think they were very good. I've been there before. These refs come to training camp. They come to the. They come to mini camp. They come to training camp. You know, you're, you're, they're, they're getting their reps as well. It's it's their training camp, and they throw flags. And I just laugh at them. Like they they make these calls in in training camp. Or in, we had a joint practice in Tennessee last year, and I get it. It's it's their training camp too. I screwed up in practice all the time. But these guys, you know, they, they miss calls or throw flags and you're scratching your head like, what, what are we doing here? And, right. you know, but when we go out on Sundays and when we play on Sundays, we're allowed to be scrutinized by coaches, personnel departments, media, everyone, but no one's allowed to say anything about the officials. Well, That's more importantly okay. than being criticized, Kyle, is that you can get replaced. If you yeah, well, don't I've do talked your about that. job – you get replaced. And that's not a football thing. That's a life thing. And yep. I think that's what gets everybody. It feels like, you know, they've got a box around them. There's, a, there, there's glass around them that is unbreakable. And I think that's what frustrates people. Um, not like anybody needs to go after them and attack them. I agree with you. It's an incredibly hard job. I've been down on an NFL field to try to make sense of what's going on in the middle of that physicality is incredibly difficult. But like anything else in life, there are people who are good at it, people who aren't, and and let's let the people who are good at it do the job. I mean, the best example is if we if we change sports and go to baseball where Angel Hernandez is graded the lowest in the league every single year and comes right back with his uniform in the locker the very next year. I don't understand it. Yeah, no, that's that's that was actually the last time we talked. I think that was something that I mentioned. Just it drives me crazy that every industry in the world, you know, if, if you're graded poorly or – you're not performing at the level of the expectation of that profession, you're replaced. And it's like now, oh, well, we grade them every single week, and the the highly graded officials are the ones that get to officiate playoff games. Uh, and it's funny, like, you know, over all the course of the years, I used to, when I'd get frustrated with officials and, you know, throw a line or two at him. It was just be like, yeah, we'll send you a postcard from the playoffs, bro, because you're not going to be there. Like, the way you're grading out, you you will not be in the playoffs. So, um, and it is. It's just, it's so frustrating that, um, you know, it's an industry where we're not replacing these people who we constantly see time in and time again not doing things up to the standard of our incredible league. With Kyle Rudolph, I'm Mark Willard, and coming up next, it was hotly debated leading up to one of the games today. Luckily, nothing bad happened, but my goodness, I'd love to ask you about it because it is the subject that is, I think, most near and dear to every football player I've ever talked to. So we'll do that. I'll tell you what I'm talking about coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From the shotgun, lock it wide to the far side. JSN, he gets the throw near side. Turns out field. Got a blocker. Touchdown! Seahawks! DK Metcalf with a great block. Jackson Smith and Jigba turns up field and takes it in the front corner of the end zone. That right there is from the Seahawks radio network. We're live from the Tyrac.com studios, and that was the progressive play of the day. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. With the great Kyle Rudolph, I'm Mark Willard. Uh, listen, Kyle, I, 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 everybody I've ever talked to who's played in the NFL, um, this subject matter becomes rather serious, interesting, uh, because I know the more that we know about things like CTE, the more guys like you think about whether or not you've been affected by, by what you've done with your life. And is that going to show up now? Could it show up in 20 years? Hopefully it never shows up. Um, I, I, I know how difficult this can be. And, and we watched what happened with Tua last year, and it really makes everybody stop and think. And so um, I wondered your perspective about the 49ers this week in that um, it was very rare this year. It was reported that it had not happened at all. That's not quite accurate. But it's very rare this year that when someone ends up in the concussion protocol, they're able to clear and play the very next week. It's especially rare when it happens on a Monday night and then you're able to play the very next week. Brock Purdy just achieved his clearance yesterday, and he played. And by the way, um, we don't know of anything at this point, but I will tell you at the very end of that game, he did get knocked over in the back of his head, did hit off the ground, and he did hold his head. And it's very, very scary. And so um, I, I sort of looked at this and went, I'm not a doctor, therefore I'm not smart enough to basically say, the concussion protocol doesn't work. So if you tell me that a guy is cleared, 
then I don't know why he wouldn't play because you're saying he's cleared. He's, he can't be more cleared than cleared. But I acknowledge that I'm not a doctor and an expert. How did you feel about Brock Purdy playing six days after entering concussion protocol? Well, I was completely fine with it, and I'm fine with it because I know the protocol that's in place and that has been you know, implemented throughout all 32 training rooms across the NFL, and that is a protocol that's not necessarily meant to – you know, if you have a concussion, the protocol isn't there to keep you from playing the next week. The protocol is there so that there are steps in place to make sure that if you do go play the next week, that you are as healthy as you can be. And, you know, you just said it like if you're cleared, you're cleared, you're good to go. Um, but the way the protocol is set up, that it makes it very difficult to get cleared and play the same week that you had the concussion or developed the symptoms. So I'm completely fine with it. I had two concussions throughout the course of my career and both of those concussions, I played the next week as well. And it doesn't mean that I didn't go through the protocol or was suspect of the protocol that it didn't work. It's just you know, I went in the next day, I took my impact test. And then the day after that, it was exercise. And then, you know, the day after that, it's your, um, you know, on-field activity. And then, you know, you have to be cleared by an independent doctor. So it's not even the Niners that are making this decision. Uh, funny story about independent neurologists. I remember in uh, the the second one I had was in 2012. And I'm, I'm sitting in an independent neurologist doctor's office in Minneapolis. And he looked at me dead serious, and I thought this was where, okay, maybe I'm not out of the concussion protocol because I don't know if this guy's <laughs> serious or not. He was like, is it possible for you to play and not get hit in the head? I was like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? Like, are you, are you messing with me? So I answer this question wrong, and, like, I can't play on Sunday? Right, um, right. But I, I say all of that because the the protocols are in place so that, if you are symptomatic free every step along the way, you can get back in six days. That's not some medical miracle and crazy feat. But if at, if at any point along the way you have symptoms or, you know, you don't pass the first step the first day, the second, you know, so on and so forth, you will not be cleared in time. Like you said – he, he had his on Monday, and he passed every step along the way and got cleared the day before the game. So that is the perfect scenario where, you know, he probably came in Tuesday, he was already feeling better, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he's completely cleared. Um, can you lie your way through it? Hey, no. uh, are you feeling no, you symptoms? Can't. No, you no, can't. Doc, you can't. I'm not, because I saw a doctor suggest that this week. The players can just say they feel fine. You can't. Uh, there's so many like computer tests and iPad tests, and you have baseline protocols. Like you can sit there and say, "No, like I'm good." You're you're not gonna pass them. You're not gonna have the you huh. know response time and things that you need. You know, it's the, the technology and the the medicine. The doctors are too good to. Of course, every single player that goes in there is gonna tell you, "I'm fine." 
you would have never got removed from the game if it was up to your opinion. Uh, you know, like every time I got my bell rung, if you would, it was, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, let me go back in. Yeah, they're, right. they're, right. they're not going to listen to you. Um, great stuff, man. We're listening to you tonight and uh, looking forward to doing it again next week. Always a good time. Appreciate it. All right. We will talk to you next week. That it is for Kyle Rudolph. I'm Mark Willard. Enjoy the rest of your evening on Fox Sports Radio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.